Cheers to episode 46. Cheers. Cheers. Liquid Aloha. That's not what it's called. No. Big Wave Golden Ale. It's the same um, apple pie moonshine left over from this weekend. Whoa. Drinking heavy on a Monday. That might be the. Yeah. <laughs> gonna need it after this weekend. Oh, Evan. That might be the best. Uh, Drink drop we've ever had. Rating. One to ten. Is that the same one we had this weekend? Yeah. It's like a solid four. It's, it's really nothing bad. to write home about. It's really not. I hope that's not homemade. It's not. It's not. Okay. Alex, rating I think on anybody the, that makes a homemade is way better than this. Rating on the Kona? 8.6. Really enjoy it. It's very good. Evan, I think you would like it quite a bit. Sure I would. Evan is a big wave surfer. Makes sense. Well, we're Damn. starting the line outs. Well, we're the starting tie-ins. with. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I wouldn't blame anyone that stopped listening after that. <sighs> Tonight is Monday, November fifteenth, twenty twenty-one. A little Monday recording because the boys, uh, collectively, I would say, weren't feeling it yesterday. Hand up on us, but who cares? <laughs> and uh, the time is six thirty-nine p.m. Six. 6.40 just turns 6.40 breaking. That's how time works. And Alex and Evan are in Mel Tucker's doghouse. Whoa. Statements. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm not a student. I'm not in the student section. And that does not apply to me. I am not in Mel Tucker's doghouse. That's a cop out and you know it. You're in that doghouse. He may have said students, but he meant everyone. Are we counting on this right now or are we going to wait until later? Well, on I was going to let you guys go now like, if you just have a statement to defend yourself because I do have a statement to defend myself. Getting called out by your head coach cannot feel good. I, I do have an alibi. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I felt I felt it and I feel uh, I, it's deserved. Um, however, do note it. I did start tailgating at nine when lots started opening. Correct. And I did travel to Northwestern. I did travel to Purdue. I did travel to Miami, and I have season tickets currently. I don't know how much more invested you want me to be, and I did travel into the Maryland game. Evan, he just wanted you to stay for the second half. Only you. No, you. you. Um, I think I was capable of staying to the second half, but the two other people I was with, I don't know if they would would have been able to stick stick it out. Um, One of them was falling down the bleachers. Not deep water people. Um, one of them was Not just from standing there just and general. just fell over. <laughs> so uh, I watched uh, Rye Guy dip his hot dog into Drew's cheese and eat it. Nacho cheese, just dip it in there while Drew was eating his nachos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rye Guy was a hot mess, but I mean, it was enjoyable. So we're talking a hot dog just dunked in some cheddar. Dunked in cheddar with no permission. You know, Drew left. It came back and he's just his hands are full. He's got a hot dog. He's got nachos and chips. Um, but like he's carrying everything like so awkwardly. When I think it would be pretty easy to carry. I can elbows like it's a hot it out. dog to Ryan. I take the first bite of it, and then Ryan just is like, "There's no condiments on this." <laughs> and Ryan just looks at Drew's cheese and just full on boom, <laughs> just dips it in. Pretty gross. <laughs> I think Miami crew is allowed to do that to one another. You go through that experience of that weekend. Your cheese is my cheese. I think the level of intoxication was higher 
uh, this weekend than in Miami. You know, I was, th- I was saying this to Cheese and to Jason earlier. Um, tailgating just like turned quickly. I don't know how. I mean, by ten thirty, I felt like, like the group collectively was a nightmare. Oh yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, it was something. Hopefully not intoxication levels of cheese in Miami because then that's a real problem. <laughs> no one hit that point. Oh. Okay, good. No, not that I saw or noticed. Someone did throw up in the porta potty bathroom. Not to name names. Ooh, that's a gross puke. Yeah. That's a low. That's that's a that's a life low where you're just... five foot one. Height. <laughs> oh, um, and not a guy. So and not a male. Okay, we yeah, well, she will not be listening to this, so I don't feel bad about it. And uh, last name is associated with a car company. Correct. Bingo. Oh. <laughs> How was everyone's week, I guess, outside of the tailgating shenanigans? Is there anything new in your life? Anything noteworthy? Let's see. Um, Friday, basketball game. It was a nice little warm-up for the weekend. Yep. Got to go to one of the best restaurants in the state of Michigan, so I was super happy with that. Got to go to meet. Hashtag... Not an ad, but hopefully they do sponsor us. Um, Evan. Yeah, they went to the basketball game. That was it. Alex just said meets overrated. Thoughts? <laughs> no, I get so much hate for this because Alex is just like, oh, you're a barbecue fan. Why do we have to go to meet? Uh, I've like, never no, complained about going to meet. It's good. I just think it's not the greatest restaurant in Michigan. He said one of. I said one of the best restaurants in the state of Michigan, and I will die on that hill. I think the service could be better. That I mean, if you really, really narrow it down, it's meat, big boy, Bob Evans, Cracker Barrel, uh, um, Leo's Coney, uh, and East Lansing, and don't forget Taco Bell. Um, I think I mean I think that Little Caesars in Waterford. I mean, it's really, I mean these are jokes in case anyone thinks we're serious. Select few. I need to go to meat. I've I think, never been. No, I think. That I it's good. A good, it is good. A good middle ground for the podcast official stance. And I, if it's good barbecue, I'll probably put up there in the top 10 state of Michigan. It is good. I just, I haven't. Brand is a sauce place. guy, and they have a lot of sauce. I do enjoy their sauces. I do a sauce and a thigh guy, both chickens and legs. You know, and cornbread's pretty good too. I eat cornbread out of my face. I don't need cornbread. Well, I, I enjoy cornbread quite a bit. Just not. It doesn't. There's no substance there with cornbread. It's just kind of fluffy and just melts in your mouth. I don't need that. Sounds great to me. <laughs> and well, and with corn, you know, I don't know. Well, you don't like corn, right? It goes in you and out you in the same form. No, I don't mind that. It's just corn doesn't get it done for me. I haven't got meat. That that sounds very nice. Um, Alex, I don't. I don't think I did anything exciting outside of my normal life. Okay. Yeah, I never do. People know this by now. Don't worry. Mine wasn't that exciting. I had to work. My weekend uh, was filled with some late night shifts stuff. this weekend, which were brutal. I was drinking those 8 p.m. cups of coffee, which I don't know. It's like damned if you do, damned if you don't because you're falling asleep on the job. But also, you're going to stay up way too late. Uh, I only had a couple of things that could be interesting for the listeners. Got into a semi-debate about Starburst and, and uh, rankings in them. Mm. Um. So can I just get your cream story? Can I get this your guys' unbiased opinions on the pink flavor of Starburst? What, where there's four main flavors, right? Your yellows, your orange, your red, your pink. Where's where's pink fall out of that bunch? Two for me. What's well, above red? Red's last. Wow. Pink um, is two for me. 
orange, pink, Oopsie. yellow, red. And then you get a lot of crap for saying orange top. I learned that this weekend. People don't like orange. I love orange. I don't even care. Orange is my favorite Starburst. I'm, I'm, see, I'm not. A, I see. I'm a chocolate candy kind of guy. So like, right. this doesn't really apply to Evan. I think pink's probably top two. Pink, pink, and orange are the best in my opinion. Damn, feels bad. What was yours? I have pink far and away last, like way last. Like, last. Like I don't red's last. I think orange is the best. I think red is right behind it, which is I'm surprised why you didn't say red because I feel like the red and orange taste very similar. Actually, I put yellow last. I put yellow third. Because yellow is most different than the other three. So I think yellow is like a good mix-up. And then pink. Like, you could just give me a bag of just no pinks. I know they make all pinks, which made me think, man, maybe most people do like pink I like a lot. pink quite a bit. I don't even know. If, it's like a strawberry flavor, I think. I just don't need that at all. Yeah, you're ranking. And I was wrong. And, and the poll conducted proved that I was in the minority. But there were some ride-or-dies out there that had pink being the worst. So shout-out to those people. Who ran this poll? Marissa ran it. Is pink best or worst poll? On Instagram? Yep. Best or worst. <laughs> best one in a landslide. It's not the worst. It's definitely. Well, it's probably somewhere in the middle. It's second. But it, yeah, there was an alarming lot, amount of people that voted best, which was, again, alarming. Also, thought that I had it. You guys can probably attest to since I saw there was a lot of snow that hit East Lansing this week. Not a lot, but there was snow that hit East Lansing this weekend, and there was none in Birmingham, which is weird because it's only about, like, what, an hour and 15 apart? Did we blow right through fall? Or did I just kind of space out? Because it feels like it was like really hot there in September, and then now it's in the 30s. There was two or three weeks of fall, I think. There wasn't very much like leaf action. Felt like there well, wasn't you, gotta, you guys gotta get out of the city. Go see the countryside every now and then. Yeah, that could be part of it. Evan, when are you seeing the countryside? You're in a city too. Uh, when I make my trips back and forth from East Lansing to home. Mm. Right. That makes sense. It's only and Michigan State is home for over like 60,000 trees. Come on, Alex. I walk campus all the time. There's a lot of foliage on campus. <laughs> um, I think it was sort of a reminder of anything. What, Alex? Too nerdy for you? I was playing into that. Uh, it serves as a reminder, I think, to enjoy fall more. And also, I, like when people hype up fall, it's like the best season. Oh, my God, I love it. You really get it for two to three weeks, and it's gone. So maybe we need to pump the brakes on fall being the best because you almost don't even get it. I'm a summer guy. Always will be. I think it reminds me that can we get behind this next season when Michigan and Michigan State are playing in the like weeks one through four and it's not like the big non-conference games that I don't maybe I don't need to watch those games live. Maybe I should just do out, go outside and do activities in, in the beautiful fall weather. Like going to the game in person. <laughs> okay, yeah, I guess. Perfect. <laughs> I guess that could be the workaround because I just feel like we jump so fast into awful weather. Well, we chose this state to live in. Well, kind we didn't of. choose the first 18 years. Kind of. But once we turned 18, we chose. We're choosing Did, to live here. But also moving sucks so bad that like, we, you know, once you grow up somewhere, you don't really want to move. It, moving sucks. Moving sucks. So it kind of, you know, <laughs> you, can, you can move, but moving sucks. So. Yeah, but I, yeah. Yeah, no, moving does really <laughs> And last on, if I'm a little on edge, talking a little fast tonight, faster than normal, it's because I have a huge fantasy matchup that's being decided tonight, and I'm on edge. Not that people care about fantasy leagues that aren't their own, but... No, people care about it. Holding a 30-point lead, full PPR league. Uh, I have no one left, and my opponent has Daryl Henderson and 
Brandon Ayuk. So feels bad, feels nerve-wracking. I'm hoping that it ends. Like, if you gave 17 to Daryl Henderson and 12 to Ayuk and I win by one, I could live with that. That feels right. Henderson's getting 20, Ayuk's getting 11. You can book it. <laughs> that feels terrible. I also have a close matchup. I'm up 48 with... With Evans quarterback. Facing Matthew Stafford, Van Jefferson, and the Rams defense. Damn, when you so say... automatically down to 38 as soon as the game starts. Right. And based on season averages oh boy. of those players, I will win by one point if they all hit their average. That's what I'm projecting. Okay, let's do it. So it's pretty nerve-wracking <laughs> as well. Shout out for Travis Kelsey for doing nothing in the second half of last night's game for me to even be in this situation. That was huge. And I'm only in this situation because of Daryl Williams going bananas. So, thanks. Dude, that touchdown grab he had, you guys see that? I did, and I turned the TV off not. in anger. Evan, he basically, I wouldn't say mossed, but he made a Moss-level play for a running back in the end zone on a terrible ball from um, Mahomes. He just threw it up there for grabs. And, and they're back. And Daryl Williams went and got it. Chiefs are back. Uh, I, don't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. They'll be back when they beat Dallas next week. The only one that can talk any NFL crap on this show is Evan because his team is unbelievable. My team's first in the AFC West. Evan's team is one. first in the AFC Evans' team has won five straight games against teams from the playoffs last year, and they haven't had Derrick Henry for, what, two of them? Yeah, two. They lost to the Jets. But the best uh, team. counts for something. I don't think so. With that, maybe we should transition to the Lions. With that, to a team that is bottom of the NFL. In- yeah, tank for Thibodeau. Tank for Tibby. Uh, Lions at Steelers. The final was 16-16. to 16. Uh, I watched every snap of this game, worked this game. Uh, I will never get those hours back. I will never get that time back. I think this game, correct me if I'm wrong, I would say this game set passing game football, like the art of passing, back 20 years. More than 20 years. You think so? You think this was like a 19? 19- I would say 50. This is a 1970s football game. Yeah, no, actually not. I, I always get confused because 2020, we're already there. Oh, yeah, yeah, 1970s. Feels 19, right. like 25. Some Johnny Unitas shit. Bart Starr action. Bart Starr. <laughs> like those those uh, those ice bowl videos of Lombardi saying, run it again and again and again, the jet sweep. That was Dan Campbell on third and long running the ball to Swift. It this was, was just... Army-Navy in 1965. Run, 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 run. <laughs> Swift, run, 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 a gajillion, you know? Igubuke. Did you know Swift, he's the now second in the NFL for most carries in a game this year? And Derrick Henry. You know, in today's NFL, when you crack 30, that, that feels right. That is a lot. And when Dan Campbell takes over play calling. Yep, he just looked at the sheet and said, yep, run. That's a lot of runs on here. Let's run again. <laughs> Third and 12, run. Am I crazy for thinking this game was so bad that it almost became good and like a comedic? Like, if you were just watching a comedy movie or a comedy stand up hour of Dave Chappelle, this probably rivaled it in terms of laughs of all the stupid things that happened in this game and how it was almost like. I think Nick, Nick Baumgartner had the funniest tweet I saw of the day, the Lions beat reporter, of it was that, you know, that gif of the Italian guy laughing in the restaurant in the white suit coat from um, the movie Goodfellas. He's just like, <laughs> like laughing out loud. He tweeted that when they said uh, on the broadcast in quotes, like, and and next next touchdown wins, like an OT, because it was just like, none of these teams are scoring touchdowns <laughs> in overtime. We've watched it the whole entire game. Like, they can't move the football. 
Uh, so in that sense, I think it was kind of like terrible, but so bad that it was almost good. Mm-hmm. Are there any other storylines, kind of positives? I broke mine into positives and negatives from this game. Would anyone like to, to start with any observations they had from this game? Sure, I'll give a negative. Okay. Jared Goff, bad. So bad. So terribly bad. Yeah. Like, burn his jersey bad. Bro. Yep, yep, there we go. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> yeah. What a waste of $130. Yeah, that jersey's oh, now worth $350. That feels $3. so $3.50 yeah. on eBay. That feels so bad to say oh, out loud. Oh, I was going to put his Amon jersey on. That feels so bad to say out loud. Yeah, no, I'm disappointed about it. But I'll get a Thibodeau jersey. <laughs> yeah, look at that, baby. Yeah, man. I'm going to change it. I'm going to rip off one of the numbers. and uh, Not a fraud. Not a fraud. Put it Actual on. Actual real. Put it on. What number is Jared Goff? 16? 16. I'll just take the 6 off, put on a 4, and write in Sharpie. Say Brown. Or maybe you'll get lucky and we'll get a cool draft pick that wears a one or six. Yep. You know, when I had a Ben Wallace jersey and he left, I wrote in a three on the jersey and made it 36 for Rasheed Wallace. Ooh. Interesting. Or a six. Yeah, Evan, that looks sharp. Looks good. When are we buying our Cade Cunningham jerseys and our Correa jerseys? (sighs) Should we pump um, the brakes on Detroit athletes after this whole Jared Goff experience? Should we just like give them a year and then decide to do things? I mean, Evan just bought this without waiting a year, so I mean, hand up. Uh, I was never in on Jared Goff, so I am not to blame here. No, um, you're not to blame. Just Grant's wondering if we shouldn't buy jerseys until we know they're officially good, or we simply just have a better eye for talent. Maybe that's the spin zone you do. Well, maybe I just got caught in the sauce of Kristen and Harper. You guys said I had to do it because I said I would. And then I just did it, and now. Uh, well, when you're all in, like you're trying to convince like a lot of people that Jared Goff was good, and I knew he wasn't. Yeah. Like I think it's your own fault. There's two things that really will always haunt me, Jared Goff, and always cool me. guy, nice guy. Was well, yes, he's cool. And two, the Chiefs Rams Monday Night game and Vikings the Vikings game. Like that, where did that guy go? That guy doesn't exist. That guy's dead. Something happened to him in the move. He doesn't fit our offense. He doesn't it's, fit an NFL. It's offense. not even that. It's like, dude, he's yes, he does. He does fit NFL offenses. Is when they let him sit in shotgun and chuck the ball forty-five times. Evan, where would he start? But he simply doesn't connect on passes that he needs to make. It's so bad. Not, would he I'm start not on he's any team? Start anywhere, Alex? Alex, I'm not saying he's going to start anywhere. I'm just saying fitting an offensive scheme for his ability. Lack of ability. Is it worth it to fit your whole offensive scheme around him? Is he even good enough at that? Like, at well, his... we're not fitting our scheme around him. Well, no. Question. That ship sailed. I was thinking about this. You know our top 25 rankings? Would he even crack the top 25 if we redid them? He would have to. Would he? I don't think so. The reason we lost this game is because we don't have enough talent on that field. Him. We do need a more talented team. A more talented team finishes that game. And we upset the Steelers. And better coach. And there's no question about it. We do need to remember their seeding core is pretty bad, too. Like, very bad. These guys would not start on most teams. There's two plays that stick out in my mind of Jared Goff when I was m- metaphorically throwing in the towel is that the Khalif Raymond deep bomb where he's just oh, that was bad. wide open and it's underthrown by a mile. And then there was one where 
the Steelers sent pressure off the left end and Swift ran a beautiful little swing route right into the teeth of it and he lofted it up and didn't lead him downfield and it would have been a touchdown. There was no one out there and he threw it behind him. And I, I think he may have still caught it and he got tackled for like a loss. Like he just misses yeah. wide open throws. He also early in the game left Swift out to just get absolutely murdered. Just looked at Swift, saw a linebacker coming, threw it to Swift, and he just got obliterated behind the line. I just don't know if Jared is uh, – I don't know if a team's going to sign him when we're done with him. Is he even going to be a backup? Yeah. Or is he going to be, be out of the league? He will be a backup because teams will – you pay less for a decent backup for those teams that are, like, just on the cusp of, like, making the playoffs or, like, couldn't be in the playoffs – like if something happens for their starter, you want somebody that's able to do something. I mean, this dude. He's capable of it in the right situation. Dude, he's awful. It's like, and also, so I guess if there's any golf stands still out there, they're screaming into the, their headphones right now, like, "Oh, he's injured," and all it was raining. I have two things to say about that. One, yes, maybe the ribs made him look even worse in this game, but like when you've been so bad up until this point, we can't give you that benefit of the doubt because. You could just make the argument he's been this bad when fully healthy this year. So I'm not going to say, oh, the ribs made him look this bad. I have no idea. He stinks either way. And two, with the rain argument, everyone's acting like it was some hard to, I mean, hard to play in game. It doesn't help when Mason Rudolph's over there. So then you think, oh, both teams can't throw. No, it's because Mason Rudolph sucks and Jared Goff sucks. I watched the 49ers Colts Sunday night football game when it downpoured for hours the whole game and those Carson Wentz, who fumbles the ball all the time, and Jimmy Garoppolo put up like 30-plus in that game. So it's not some weather excuse. You can't use that. Yes, it makes it tougher, but like you can't excuse the play of him for, for the rain. Simple as that. So now a simple question. Would Jared Goff start on any team in the NFL right now? The Jets. After what, what Mike White did, he threw four picks. He wouldn't start over Zach Maybe Wilson. Houston? I'd take Tyrod. I about through like three interceptions last game you started. Do we forget Jared Goff was just as bad? Would he genuinely start on any NFL team? The Jets. We named two of them. We said maybe the Jets, maybe the Texans. Anyone he else? He start on the Jets. Anyone else? No, because uh, of any other team that would name either has a rookie QB or potentially a rookie QB. Would he start over Heineke? No. No. He just beat the Bucs. How did he just beat the Buccaneers? He's a Bucs. And it looked really well in the pocket, and he's a mobile quarterback. Would he start over Jalen Hurts? No. No, Jalen Hurts looked really good yesterday against a solid Broncos defense. It's 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 the Would he start in Carolina? No. It's the no. it's the Texans and it's the uh whatchamacallit. Would he start over Jacoby Brissett? <laughs> That's it. No. <laughs> he might start over Jacoby. He's got to start over. It's Jacobi crazy. Percent. Would he start over Jarvis Landry? <laughs> Jarvis yeah, Landry. Landry pass against the Browns. Landry's like one of the best throwing receivers in the game. Yeah, cool. Would he start over McCaffrey at Wildcat or actual Jared Goff? I think McCaffrey starting at Wildcat. That's what I'm saying. If we had McCaffrey, I'd, that I'd level. start him at quarterback. Yeah, I would just do Wildcat McCaffrey over Jared Goff throwing normal. Yeah. Um, well, going into this, this is going to be towards the end of this game with my big takeaway, but I'm willing to declare this on November 15th, 2021. If Jared Goff is rolled out as starting quarterback next season, week one, I will not watch the team until it changes. 
So when we do these shows, I'm not sure what we're going to do. Gonna, who, who's going to start? I'm Evan. Hey, breaking news, Grant. He is going to start next. Week. Evan, you can't do that. Well, you can't trade him. Oh, like, no one wants it. We can't trade him. Nobody's going to want him. Two, if we cut him, it's like twenty million dollar cap hit. Take it. It's and we're stuck with him until like two years. Honestly, so this year, I, I think, this year, and next year, we cut him after next year. No cap hit. I think I'd honestly okay. cut him in the off season and just take the hit and lose again for another year, anyways. I'm not. I'm not taking a cap hit. What's the difference? Last him playing the house or starting quarterback, then we can cut him, and I don't care. Well, yeah, we'll draft someone at least in the second, third, fourth somewhere. We'll draft someone. It has to be someone. I know the the class. We'll get there when we get there. The class has been not great so far, but someone has to be drafted in one of those two picks by the Lions to be a quarterback. We well, just got to take a chance, or at least it should, because then you're missing out on one of the best defensive players. No, in the it's it's no matter what. Well, with the stupid Texans, we might if we if the Lions win a football game, then I think they would become. The first picks. We might even get first pick. Anyways, whatever. We'll just take it one game at a time. But I'm telling you right now, if he starts week one, I every week he starts next year, I will not watch. I can't. I can't do it to myself. I know it's a disservice to the listeners because I will know what, but they won't want to hear it either. They'll be so fed up with this team. We'll just pray for good college football teams again and not even worry about the Lions until they be worth talking about. Um, after this tie with many chances to win, I've heard a lot of rumblings in the uh, the area. Is Dan Campbell on the hot seat? No, but he sounds like a big idiot. Me? That's what I've heard. Heard it all over the radio today. No, but he just. No, uh, I will say I did tune in for a little bit of ninety-seven-one and the clip of him laughing in the post game, which I hadn't heard, did kind of irk me. It's like he did some weird chuckle about how, like, oh yeah, we couldn't really throw the ball because of our quarterback being hurt. And that's just like the biggest, like, dude, just put Blau in the game and stop fussing around well, isn't, uh, with everything. Boyle, isn't he back? Uh, we back? have three weeks to activate him. So not yet. We have two more weeks. But, to but Blau's just sitting there, like, waiting. Just, dude, like, what? Blau's probably thinking, like, what does Jared Goff have to do more bad for me to play? Well, True. the thing is, the game was close. So I guess you couldn't really pull Jared when they were winning. Yeah, but Blau could still hand the ball off 15 times, like, what Jared did. I mean, it's the classic, like, they're going to die on the ship because they traded for Jared Goff. This Jared, is Campbell's problem start. for him saying that the Goff is his guy and won't. We'll... Yeah. Like, At least he called him out. The Lions trotted out there and ran a wing tee, essentially, high school army offense. It was good for my fantasy team. Swift touched the ball a million and times. And it's like, what? And then he says, in the po- what we've been asking for. He says, yes. in the po- yeah, no. So there's a positive that they did feed Swift like we have been begging them to. I don't, I don't know why it was this week. What, what happened? Well, I, I do know. It's, it's one of the better. It's rough Dan Campbell calling plays is what happened. Uh, but I, I'm glad that he got in there. I'll roll through my rest of my positives. One, yes, Mason Rudolph played, but the defense did what they were supposed to do against a quarterback like Mason Rudolph. And they had three turnovers, caused two massive fumbles, the old punch. Uh, and there was another play. And Julian Aquara, my guy, my top 25 guy, went out there, had a sweet pick in his interception, his whole defensive, really terrible throw. defensive campaign. Yeah, but nice hands for a defensive lineman. The whole campaign of Julian Aquara being uh, positive for his defense continues, so that's good. Negatives, the play calling, like I said. But I don't mind being run heavy. It was just they ran on third and nine plus like five times. And that's just like giving up. And their third down calls when they did throw were usually 
short of the sticks. They ran like a five-yard hitch on a third and nine. Also, giving up. Uh, and then coaching and QB play, I said, cost the game, which we've already discussed at length. And then lastly, the special teams kicking was a joke. But that was one of the things that made the game funny. And, like, that kick by Santoso, dude. So bad. <laughs> it doesn't help that he looks like a <laughs> he's just a goofy looking dude it's like the manager at walmart <laughs> a goofy goofy looking dude and that he like looked like he pulled a hammy on the kick it was just everything no i think that. that's the classic it was so bad he just like faked that he was kind of hurt like if you miss a shot in basketball you're like oh wrist that was my wrist there that's why i airballed that that was what he did when he missed the kick question i have oh, question i have for you guys is I know it was a tie, which is the Lions' best result of the season. Jared Goff has still not won a game without Sean McVay as his head coach. Uh, anyways, I came away not feeling any better about this team winning a game this year. Do you guys feel the same way? Or did the tie give some life in you? Did the run game give some life? I think we're going to win. No, I wanted to lose this game. When I was cheering for my I was cheering for the Steelers in overtime because I wanted them to lose this game. I don't want to give up the draft position. I think the Lions are going to win a game. But, Evan, do you think after this performance that they – do you feel better about them winning a game or no? No. No, I don't feel any – I don't feel worse. I don't feel better. Indifferent. Because mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to be able to just line up and run heavy set nonstop versus other NFL teams. Yeah. I, I guess maybe the only thing that can make you feel better is with the return of Decker. The line did look pretty solid, especially running the ball. Um, Sewell pretty comfy at right tackle so I guess that if we're looking at things another thing is super head scratching uh, and I know this because I was listening to a fantasy football podcast today that Hawkinson just didn't do anything in this game I mean one target zero catches what are we doing Dan Campbell calling plays you have two of your best players you use Swift but then you just don't use Hawkinson at all especially in a game where you throw short yardage throws to a tight end that's what you use tight ends for in a sloppy game you need a big bruiser like Hawkinson that can run through tackles. I don't know how you don't get him involved. I guess they tried to on the goal line. It was almost picked off on a tight end screen, but Ugh. that was that was disgusting. Um, I don't know. Do you guys have any fo- closing thoughts on the Lions-Steelers debacle? No, I think we talked about them too long. They stink. <laughs> I think that's fair. Uh, topic two now, a recap from college football. Michigan at Penn State. Uh, Michigan went on the road and won 21-17. to 17. I'll do the opening statement for this game as the Michigan fan. I'd just like to say I had some clarity. We talked earlier on this show where I asked everyone, are we enjoying the seasons enough? Are we enjoying these unprecedented, unex- not unprecedented, but unexpected seasons by Michigan Michigan State enough? And I would say I took the time after this, this win for Michigan to really enjoy it. I re- I'm grateful. Grateful for their win. In this seven-year tenure, of Jim Harbaugh with, we talked about last week, more devastating losses than big wins. This one felt good, and I'm going to cherish it. And what made it even sweeter was as the college football day went on, you see Texas lose to Kansas. And, you know, I, I saw a tweet online about the whole narrative that, you know, Michigan gets often compared to the Nebraska's, Texas's, Florida's, Florida State's, Miami, Florida's of the world. And this win made me feel better as a Michigan fan about comfortably saying that in the last, I don't know, seven to five years, Michigan's a tier above those guys. Obviously, Michigan is not with the big boys, with the crazy media expectations that get thrown on them and Harbaugh's the savior. They're not the Georgias, the Ohio States, the Alabamas, the Clemsons. But I feel even the Notre Dame's, Notre Dame's still a step above because they make the playoff. But again, their conference is 
non-existent. And I think if they play in the Big Ten East, they'd do worse. But Michigan is still a respectable program in college football, and they're not in that tier of, I don't know, doo-doo or, like, their next coaching hire, I would say. Like, it almost muddies the water. We'll get to it at the end of the season. But, like, a win like this makes me even a little bit more hesitant about the Harbaugh decision even more because it's like if you make that change and you get a Mike Norvell or you get a coach like uh, Manny Diaz, things can get gross again. And maybe you just want to keep riding this out until you have to make a decision. I don't think there is an off-season decision. Oh, this is when sealed it. He's back. I I can't imagine he's not. Well. What are you going to do? Fire a guy that goes 10-2? November – like Nebraska did with Bo Pelini. I was looking back at there. He was 9-4, 10-4, 9-4, They fired him. And now look where they're at. So it, it definitely can get worse. But I guess we'll have to see how you feel, Alex, after the November 27th. I'm not saying. With Ohio State. Like if they get blown out, I can easily see the calling for heads happening again. They, they might call for his job. I'm just telling you and telling all the Michigan fans he's going to be back. Sure. I'm more talking about what I think, my personal thoughts. I don't know what's going to happen, obviously, but I'm just saying. I do. He's coming back. Okay. Unless he wants, unless he can leave and goes to the NFL. Ooh. If a team wants him, which I'm going to put that at a pretty low probability right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex, I'd like to give you a chance to apologize for thinking Penn State would win. I'm not apologizing. <laughs> You also told everyone that uh, Michigan would win easily and uh, nope. win by 10 points and never trail. I that pre- wasn't true either. So maybe you should apologize to the people because you were sweating out a win. I pre- predicted them to win by 10. I didn't think it would be easy. No, you told me they would lead start to finish. That might have been off the record. That doesn't mean it's easy. Did you lead start to finish? No. Were you sweating out the game when you went down three points, when Michigan went down three points with whatever, five minutes ago? Yeah, it was a little nerve-wracking. I will not apologize. Okay. They didn't deserve to be picked by me to win based on everything oh, I've seen. Thank God. I thought you were about to say didn't deserve to win. <laughs> no, no. My they deserve to win because Evan's going <clears> to <throat> go on that tangent in a second. Yeah, and I want to hear from you. Oh, you're thinking of Harbaugh and like keeping his job. You know who should be fired? It's James Franklin. I... I, you know, doing a service, I was tailgating, didn't get to watch that much of this game. So I went back and watched the highlights. James Franklin lost this game for Penn State, 100%. You watch the highlights, and it is dominated by a lot of Penn State highlights in the first, I don't know, I watched like a 20-minute video. Well, the quarter, they had 30 offensive plays, and Michigan had like three. The first quarter, right? First quarter. Yeah, Michigan did not have a first down in the first quarter, and you're only up 3 nothing. Yeah, they said it was death through somebody's head. It was the biggest discrepancy in plays in like NCA like the year in like the last forty years or something, where it's like one team had the ball the whole quarter and the other never had it. They have two clock on. It felt like it. Well, the first drive, if you guys want to go into that torture chamber, uh, they picked up three third and longs, I think, and then there was a fake punt. Fake well, it was fourth and whatever, six or whatever. Michigan calls a timeout because they're seeing a fake look. Come back on the field and Penn State still gets the gets it. And it was like, dude, what? The har- that's when I'm screaming for Harbaugh. I'm like, well, what did you? What did you guys just go talk about on the sideline? Like, hey, they might fake it. Be ready. And then they faked it, and you weren't ready. And then Evan, the uh, the, the, the highlight I tweeted out, dude. Imagine being fourth and two on the two. Now remember, it's Penn State who must have plays from the two yard line. They haven't been so hot at this year. Shout out Illinois game. So maybe they thought a fake 
and special teams was their best chance. But imagine you're fourth and two and you don't just go for it normally. You try to fake it with your field goal kicker. I mean, what are you doing? Puke. It, it, it doesn't make zero sense. Zero sense. But going into this game, you have to be looking at the stats for okay. Both of our defenses average giving up less than 17 points. You need as many points when you get a chance for them. And I hate field goals. I do absolutely hate them. Michigan fans know field goals lose games. Mm-hmm. But you're going in, and you could be up 6 nothing, And the team that you're playing hasn't had a first down yet. You already ran one successful fake on special teams. Get that out of your way. You don't have to run another one the rest of the game. Because it's in the back of their mind for the rest of the game. Like, oh, they already ran one. And then the play going for Penn State, and they're trying to pass the ball on third and long situation when Clifford is clearly not the quarterback, and their offensive line can't block a lift. They had three sacks on the first drive. I, I hope Jay Frickin gets fired. And guess what? He is losing a lot of money currently because all these high-profile jobs. He is losing money right now. Because I, after this performance, he should not be hired by anybody. <laughs> Dude, if you go back and like do the deep dive – into his splits, like at Penn State, they're bad. Like I know the hardball ones get thrown around all the time. He is, he is one player in one play from not having a job. Saquon. And we said this last podcast: is Saquon Barkley, if he never showed up on campus, and if they never blocked a field goal and returned it for a touchdown against Ohio State, he wouldn't have a job. So when they lose to Michigan State, he gets fired on the field. Your prediction: you still feel good about that one. Absolutely. He, he probably end up will not get fired and he'll go somewhere else. And he'll be like, oh, this is like a better outcome. But Penn State really deep down should thank themselves that he finally is out of their program. I think Penn State wants him out. He's just not a Penn State guy. Who is a Penn State guy? Penn State coach He's is not a good like head coach. Gritty, He's in mismanager like situations. He can and improve. it proved it today. You sacked Cade McNamara. You just tied the game and you had a strip sack inside the 20-yard line. Three points. And you can't get in the end zone. Their offense is anemic. They can't run, which feels like a big miss for I don't know. Um, I guess on the other side of the ball, as much as Franklin messed up, some Michigan players did did really perform. Take this moment to appreciate the man that is Hassan Haskins with Blake Corum officially out. In the back of my mind, I thought, oh, is this going to be Donovan Edwards' breakout game? like Andre Anthony had against Michigan State. It was not. I think Donovan Edwards got like two to three carries, and he, I don't know. He's coming off an injury. He looked wobbly. He, he tripped on one play uh, and just fell down. So Hassan Aston's got 36 touches of the football in this game, 201 scrimmage yards, 5.6 yards per touch. And then you would have thought that would have came with a couple of touchdowns. It did not. The man who was responsible for two touchdowns was his kind of return from, from uh, injury early in the year was Roman Wilson. Two touchdowns for that kid, uh, huge, huge by him. And the first one, I mean, it was one of Dan Arlovsky on the call. You know, he loves that QB, that QB film. He was just going to town. That was an incredible throw by Cade and just an overall understanding of like the play they're running, the way he looked, looked to the left, looked away at the safety, and then quick snap back, knew he was probably going to have Wilson there and put it on a, on a dime to Wilson. So that was huge because, like you said, watching that game, it was dominated by Penn State possession-wise. I still, in my mind, as a Michigan fan, was watching it. I'm like, okay, well, we had Michigan had three sacks on the first drive, and they're just they just don't have the ball. Like Penn State's not going to pick up third and seventeens all game, 
So I felt good about Michigan being in the game. This needed the ball. And it was a huge, like, 15-play drive they answered to get that touchdown. And then they go half, 7-3, to three, you know. And it feels like Penn State had the ball the whole game, but still the scoreboard matters. And then Eric All, huge game-winning touchdown, would end up being the game-winning touchdown, returning from a hurt ankle. He hadn't played the game before. That was huge. Just a great play call overall on a day where play calling was back and forth. That was a great one. And then really what, what happened in the touchdown is just the – briefly about the defense of Michigan is that the defense at the end of the day is won this game and has won game and game again. Evan, you want to hop in real quick? Oh, and, uh, hey, game's on the line. Fourth and two. And I'm letting Sean Clifford throw the ball on um, a fade run. It's a great call. But they did throw against Vincent Gray, which if you're going to throw against a cornerback, probably the one you want to go At least give your wide receiver a chance. Don't just throw it out of bounds. Is that what you're saying? He's looking like golf out there. I don't. They really should have done more, I thought, designed runs for Sean Clifford. If we want to go X's and O's, Sean Clifford was tearing up yes. Josh Ross um, as like the QB spy all day. I also think Josh, Ro- uh, Josh Ross got concussed in the first quarter of this game. There was some plays looking back where he got hit hard and he did not know where he was on a couple plays, but then it seemed he bounced back fine. I trust the staff there, but I was like, I'm pretty sure number 12 is concussed. Um, but the defense, seven sacks on the day. Crazy, crazy number to throw out there. Hutchinson grabs three. Ojaba has two. They each forced a fumble. Even, I mean, we know we know those two have been like that all year. I they believe they came the first duo in Michigan history to each have double-digit sacks like in a season. Ten and ten for each. Insane. Top five in the country range for them. But maybe even more impressive was true freshman linebacker, Junior Colson, who's been playing all year, led the team with 12 tackles. I think he had five solos. I mean, that's huge from a kid because he gives you, like we know with Josh Ross's liability, speed, Junior Colson flying around as a freshman, making 12 tackles is massive. And then DJ Turner, cornerback, to step up and have two pass breakups and played overall overall solid, in my opinion. With um, Jamon Green was out, didn't make the trip. So huge step up by him. And just overall, I would say this is like a big program mentality win. Michigan, I look back, was 1-5 at Penn State in the last six meetings uh, at Happy Valley. And as Michigan fans, we talked about last week with the devastating losses, or maybe the week before, the Michigan State week when I went through it. You've seen, as a Michigan fan, this story unfold of blowing a lead um, and making games where you should pull away close. Like when that strip sack happened of Cade and they get the ball back, it's like, oh, God. Like, here we go again. I think I saw a stat. Michigan went into the fourth quarter leading by eight against Penn State, which is the same margin they were leading against Michigan State. Going in, you know, like, is this just going to be how this this season unfolds is that they blow leads on the road? They held on. Penn State, for what it matters, I'm not going to read too much into it because we talked about how college playoff rankings matter now, but Penn State was AP ranked. So when you see that stat of Harbaugh against AP teams on the road, that will get a tick in the win column next year when they throw that puppy around. Um, it's buttery soft that you had to bring that up. Well, I'm just telling you it's going to, you know, it's like, he's like 2-9 and nine against AP teams on the road. Let me just tell you, super soft that you even felt the need to bring that up. No one cares. They do, because that gets thrown around all the time. All right, three and nine. Sweet. Better. Program defined. Program changing. Program in the right direction. It won't make a difference. Winning big games on the road. Um, And as corny as it sounds, like we talked about enjoying the season. Are you enjoying it? It was good to see. Like, it's just fun as a fan to see the, like, post-locker room videos when they're giving the credit to – I mean, I kind of felt weird they're giving credit to Gaddis, but the reason was is because, you know, obviously he came from Penn State. Like, it felt good probably to win against Penn State at Penn State uh, probably first time since he's been there. 
And then McDonald, like, finally giving him love in the locker room. Like, that was just a cool scene with all the players jumping around them. Like, Harbaugh steps out of the way because, you know, he's been there for seven years now, giving love to his new, younger coordinator. So, all around, like, a good sight that just makes you feel good as a fan to, like, want to root for this team. Like, as a team of, like, just good dudes and coaches that are trying to make a name for themselves. So, that felt good. And really, the only negative I have from this game that I want to address, there are negatives, but this is one of those games where, like I said, I'm just cherishing it. I'm overlooking the negatives. We can get to that next week against Maryland. Of things that could hurt Michigan going into the Ohio State game. But the field, the field in this game, just the overall playing surface was so atrocious. Like you just see grass kicking up all the time. And it kind of parlayed perfectly into my thoughts about Heinz Field. There's something in Pittsburgh. Maybe we have to ask Luke next time I see him. What's up with the field maintenance in this state? Like Heinz Field looked awful. And the Pitt Panthers had played on it like a couple of days before. And they talk about how they needed to resod it. Like why are football fields in Pittsburgh like – Injury traps. This is an actual injury liability in these games where like no one has any footing, and I feel like someone in the state needs to figure it out. So that's just my rant about that. That was disgusting. You said fields in Pittsburgh would be fields in Pennsylvania. Thank you, Pennsylvania fields. Any other thoughts from you guys on these games? This game? No. I'm surprised Michigan – well, not surprised, I guess. Michigan – It was good to see the Kate McNamara play the entire game. Not to share reps. Great point, Evan. Smart. No JJ. And Kate was feeling himself on Instagram. He posted the video of him shushing the crowd at the end of the game. And that just got me jazzed. Because you know what? I will say this. Penn State fans, Penn State's a lot like uh, feel like Chelsea from high school. Like they're not your main rival. But when you play them, you remember how much you hate them and like why you hate them. But I will give them credit. As we talked about the, the deep end and the, the Michigan State student section, the Penn State student section, noon or not, Penn State's student session is unbelievable and it's unmatched. They are screaming their faces off, like dressed in all white body paint the whole game. It's insane. They're crazy. They are crazy people up there. And it felt great to beat them. Not that I had anything to do with it, but it felt great as a fan to win that game. And I thought we were going to get a post-game handshake fight from Harbaugh and Franklin. Franklin did not look Harbaugh in the eye, but that's probably for the best because that those two would probably go at it. All right. Michigan State versus Maryland. Maybe a little briefer one here. Michigan State takes care of business. The final score was Michigan State 40, Maryland 21. Not a Big Ten football buffet. What stood out to you guys in this game? The bounce back game from the Spartans versus Maryland. Uh, Peyton Thor looked surgical in the first half. Mm-hmm. They at one point he started 14 for 17. Couple of touchdowns. Oh, it was like two touchdowns. I don't know how many yards it was, but um, he looked very efficient, especially when you needed him going into next week. Um, so I was really pleased with his performance. Not that we really needed him, but just pleased with that performance. Our top three guys took care of business, and that's the reason why we dominated. Yeah, talent gap was pretty clear in this game. Michigan State was significantly better the game never felt close i know that maryland technically had some chances to get within six seven um but the game never felt like it was ever going to swing towards maryland's way i mean it was 27 7 before you could blink um other positives i haven't already talked about i thought thorne was really really efficient he's now the second most efficient quarterback in the big 10 in terms Mm -hmm. of statistics which is nice. Uh, Kenneth Walker had a pretty solid day. Um, he was 32 touches, 172 scrimmage yards, 5.4 per touch, two tutties. It's weird that 
172 yards that isn't like exciting anymore for him. Um, it's just I think we're uh, overlooking how great he is. I don't think we're every week we're doing that, but you know this game he didn't really he didn't break an 80 yard touchdown run, so it didn't feel like he was incredible, but he was still very very good. And uh, it's gonna suck when he's gone next year. I think I figured out a new aspect of this game that I was looking on the highlights and I appreciate more and probably contributes to a, a large chunk of his success. I think the combination of his vision and almost just like feel for pe- like awareness of people around him. There was one like outside zone to the left where he like, cleared the wide receiver blocking and then there was a cornerback trailing him. And the cornerback like wasn't even was still like a yard or two away. But Kenneth's like sense of just where people are at on the field, he turns around. You could see him fully look back and protect the ball with his other hand because he thinks a, a strip is coming. And he like realizes the guy's still two yards away and then just puts the Jets back on and keeps going. And like the fact that he has that, and you see him on his long runs, he's always looking behind him, like covering the ball. Like his sense of like where people are around him is insane. I think that's a huge like factor in in the cuts he's making. It's just like I don't know. His overall feel for the game is insane. He's a ridiculous player. The biggest play of the game, in my opinion, from watching was a Noah Harvey pick. Like Al talked about, like, yes, agreed. Anyone that says, like, oh, Maryland was, like, kind of hanging around. Like, they, I mean, they were because they do have a solid offense. But they have, like, a boomer bust quarterback. They made explosive plays. Um, they did have a chance there to, you know, make it in the six or seven range. But especially because so Noah Harvey gets the 15-yard P.I., um, and then they're on the 15 going in, start of the third quarter, 27-14 at this point, and then he rebounds, cried to him. Uh, terrible decision by Talia, but a great pick by Noah Harvey, and that pretty much kind of felt like, okay, Maryland doesn't have the juice to ever tie this thing or take the lead is what it felt like at that point. No. Yeah, I was just – I was going to mention that as well. The defense got back to uh, being very efficient in the red zone. Uh, there are a couple plays – Mainly, I just want to talk about one thing. Uh, ben Van Summer played three plays uh, for Michigan State on Saturday. Three Maryland. Too many. What? Three too many. Maryland on those three plays went three plays for 65 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> I love that you found that or like know that. And two out of the three <laughs> were solely his fault. <laughs> so uh, if Crouch is out this Saturday against Ohio State, Harvey's going to play the whole game. I don't see how Van Summer can be on the field. He's he's that bad. Not to bash anyone, but he's that bad. And you guys should go back and watch it. It's disgusting. Can't wait. I actually will. I'm not gonna waste my time on that guy. Evan, uh, we talked about you had a points in the Purdue game about the vanilla defense not changing anything up. But from what I saw, Michigan was bringing, bringing blitzes the left. Blitzes were coming out on Saturday. <laughs> I think I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the negative guy. But do it. I think a lot of it has to do with uh, with next week. Because if you just show the same vanilla defense, like next week it would pick you apart. You've got to show blitzes. And plus, Tulia doesn't protect the ball well. So I think it was the kind of uh, situation. Cause it's a lot easier to blitz an uh, inaccurate and worse quarterback. Because um, the chance of him actually completing is quite low. So I think that kind of had something to do with it. But it is actually good to see Ronald Williams, even though he has a hurt back, um, played really well. Uh, had four tar- five, four targets. There was only one completion against him for five yards. Nice. So he's our number one corner. Uh, he played pretty well. 
We should shout out Marky Lauer. He's actually uh, been playing pretty well when he plays. Hits hard. I like that. That's not my guy. That's uh, that's Grant's. That's Grant's guy. That's our guy. Um, also, just on your point about Talia, is that his name? Talia Tagovailoa. Uh, he's he's actually the has the highest completion percentage in the Big Ten this year. Yeah, it's great. Seventy percent. He gave up three intentional groundings. How does a quarterback do that? I'm just saying the stats are the stats. He is the highest completion percentage in the Big Ten. Alex, incredible what podcast. That, what's that record again? Five and five. It led me right into a point I wanted to make that parlays off of one of Evan's favorite guys, Dan Orlovsky. He made a comment, in, again, classic Dan Orlovsky loves um, defending quarterbacks and talking about quarterbacks. He made a comment in the Michigan game that made me think because he said, when did the phrase game manager become a bad thing? And I was like, huh, it's an interesting point. Like, I understand the game manager is boring and you don't love it. He probably said that because he's one. But as I watched, I thought about Caden and I watched Talia play and I go, yeah. And I look at the stats in the Big Ten. I go, Talia is like one of the most stat-stuffing quarterbacks in the whole Big Ten. But I'd rather have Cade because I know Cade's not going to turn the ball over and get intentional groundings. And I, I had a newfound appreciation of gratitude for game managing quarterbacks that have a little bit of arm talent because it's like, you know what? Sometimes it's nice to know that they're just not going to put you in terrible situations. And that was only my only thought on that because you saw like Talia makes cool plays, uh, but then it just like absolutely ruins games. Like he fumbled diving for a first down. I mean, it was just like a whole lot of bad. He has a lot of talent. He's just sporadic. Yes. They need to run him more. He's fast. He's so fast. He bursted on that. He's a bigger quarterback, and, and Mike Lossky has this thing where like I'm going to throw the ball 50 times and be like, hey, sorry. He's not the guy to do that. Like, if they just ran him like 10 times a game, it would fit him so much better. I think he has a lot of potential to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. He'll be a sweet transfer at one good school <laughs> in a couple of years. I mean, he's already he transferred be, once. He would be so sick in Lincoln Ryan. Didn't he go to Bama for one year? Yes, he was at Bama for a year. Mm-hmm. And then. He's pretty good. Yeah, because you talk about how much they throw. There's only one man I wrote him down. I just want to shout him out because he wore a hoodie. Shout out hoodie man, Rakeem Jarrett, 10 for 105. That receiver for Maryland was sweet. Anytime you wear a hoodie and go Keenan Allen on us, you better perform. And that kid performed. Um, It is good. But on the same token, you have to give love. I haven't mentioned the big three. We should at least say the man's name. Jane Reed, unbelievable performance by him. He had had one grab, and I'm very strict on Grant. Alex knows Grant's catch rating. I said out loud, that's an 8.9. That one where he was running a, it was a back shoulder fade, and he spun and it like flowed down his fingertips, and he still held it. That's an eight point nine catch out of ten. That's unbelievable. And uh, the joke about them playing high school football together, him and Thorne, is so old. But you saw it today with like when Naylor out, like it's very clear. Unless it's a flea flicker that even Montori Foster can get open, it's going to Jane Reed. Well, Trey Mosley had a decent game. I think he had like five for okay five for fifty. <laughs> well, give love to Trey Mosley, but you know what I'm saying. Like Jane Reed's the guy. And, uh, well, he was the highest graded uh, Big Ten receiver this week. By you or by by yeah. uh, we don't we don't care about. Well, we do when it's in our favor. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Jaden Reed's a monster. Crazy. I hope he comes back. Is he Kuiper. draft eligible? Yes. Oh, he's gone. Mel Kuiper has him rated as the number one returner. <laughs> so I think he's coming back. Fair. He has two touchdown returns. Um, anything else from the Maryland game? Um. I'll defend you guys real quick before. Maverick Hansen threw a punch. Thanks for the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, it was such a it was he was swinging and it was like at this moment he knew he messed up type deal where he stopped going for the helmet and then followed through for the guy's forearm. It was hilarious to see in replay. 
he like knew he shouldn't be punching and just punched the guy's arm and he's like, you're out. And then the ref's announcement was like, yes, he threw a punch. It was so funny. That was comical. <laughs> that was comical. Um, I will say this in the trust stream. I don't blame you guys for leaving early. I just wanted to give you guys some crap because it was funny. Like, and I, I like, I respect Mel. I like Mel. I like all the Michigan State he, people he that run the He backtracked a little today. In you, uh, you know, as much as you should cherish a top 10 team, no one's staying for the whole game versus Maryland. That's just not. You You just got to be happy that the, the fans are allowed for the big games, and that's about it. No one's staying to watch all of Maryland in that weather. Sorry, that's just that's life. He did say today that uh, the program is getting built, and that includes uh, attendance and fans and all that. He wasn't mad. He's just he's looking forward to the process continuing. That's never going to get he, – he's at Alabama. He knows that Alabama, when they play games like this, they don't stay. You don't yeah, no, it ha- I've seen Nick Saban complain about the students leaving early for similar type of things. Take it as a compliment. Your they're college that kids that want to get hammered and go party and go to the bars, or they're too hammered and they need to go home and take a nap. And it's just, just kind of how it works. You're not, well, not everyone's Penn State. And I got bad news for you. Next week, it's probably going to be the same thing. Yeah, no, the Penn State game. Because they, Thanksgiving is the worst weekend unless you're playing with your top rival. So unless you're, it's Michigan. No kids are on campus. Yeah, that's no. You guys and do. I propose like you should move college football up one, one week. week. Yeah. And reward those student athletes for having Thanksgiving off. Besides the two teams that play in the college football, uh, not the college, but like the conference championship. Why not just move the conference championship back and you get two weeks to prep? Just move the season up one week. Yeah, and the conference championship stays the same as it is right now. Then you have two weeks in Correct. between the last game. Like then. Thanksgiving weekend is just off. Besides, like. Two teams have to practice that week. Yes. They can still have Thanksgiving off. Yeah, no, you make a lot of great points. The, the attendance is going to be bad. And then you sit there and you wonder why attendance isn't high. Oh, I wonder why because when it's 35 degrees and raining on Thanksgiving weekend, I will probably spend more time with my family watching a buffet of college football and eating leftovers until I get sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Michigan and Ohio State do it every year and – Sucks. They're yeah, I'd, I'd much rather not have. They are a top five rivalry in college sports. Oh, like, that feels good. To people say. are going to show up no matter what. Right. And that's that's like the only exception. I would prefer lucky to get Penn State because other years we get either Rutgers or Maryland. Dude, you should see the attendance for those games, Grant. Four hundred. Hey, I went to the Penn State game my freshman or sophomore year when Our you guys were in the playoff. That was packed. to win the East. To win the East. If we beat Ohio State and then. If we play Penn State to win the East, it's going to be a full state. Yeah. But forewarning, unlikely. <laughs> okay, with that, let's get into our playoff rankings. Um, I'll go first here. It's going to be a quick week for me. Not much change because nothing really happened outside of Oklahoma losing. One, Georgia. Two, Alabama. Three, Oregon. Four, Ohio State. Five, Cincinnati. Six, Notre Dame. Seven, Michigan State. Eight, Michigan. Nine, Oklahoma State. And ten, Ole Miss. So Ole Miss cracks the top ten after beating Texas A&M. Um, basically, everything's the same. So everyone moves up one, starting with Cincinnati. Uh, mine is different. Georgia, one. Bama, two. Oregon, three. Ohio State, four. Michigan State 5, Cincinnati 6, Michigan 7, Notre Dame 8, Oklahoma State 9, and Ole Miss 10. What's the reason for jumping Cincinnati? I 
uh, was with a Cincinnati fan all weekend or all Saturday, and you know I'm sick of it. I don't they they suck. But better they, than Michigan still. Um, I'd like to actually correct my rankings. <laughs> Michigan State five, Michigan six, Cincinnati seven. I like it. Yeah, Cincinnati wouldn't beat any of the teams above them. So let's move on. Kevin. Mm, feels bad. Um, okay, so I got to change my top ten up a lot because they lost. I Oklahoma was too. Little pushback. Um, <laughs> a little. People want your balls. Castrated That's balls. That's okay. That's okay. Um, uh, so my top ten: number one, Georgia; two, Alabama; three, Cincinnati; four, Ohio State; five, Oregon; six is Oklahoma State; seven is Michigan. Eight is Notre Dame. Oh, Nine is Ole Miss. You're doing it again. Ten is Michigan State. Hey, we cracked the top ten this week. That feels good for the program. No, people are going to lose it again. Yeah, top ten matchup this week, just in case. You know, I didn't want to get left out inside the top ten because then it's not a big matchup. Right. Smart. Yep. So, 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 you know, mine's I'm a top five you know, jabbing in them a little bit. You know, put them in the top ten. For the viewership. That makes sense. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. We have a lovely little inter- intermission here before we get to the college football previews to break up all the sports. We had two completely different fan questions um, in in here. I'll start with the non-sports one to really get us off the rails here. It's a good old would you rather, which everyone loves. And the question simply is, guys, would you rather be locked in a cage with a tiger? How long? Until there's, until there's a result. What? <laughs> So you have to fight the tiger. Yeah, I'd say so. Let's say you're in a oh. UFC ring. No, let's just say it's going to go oh, fine. A UFC heavyweight bout, five minutes total. Uh, five minutes total in a UFC cage with a tiger. Or lick peanut butter off a hobo's foot. <laughs> Who would like to start? I'll start. Evan? <laughs> uh, actually, no, I'm not starting. I'll go. Um, okay, go ahead. <laughs> so, number one, I absolutely hate feet. Just hate it. Oh, true. A lot. True. So, like, the point where just, like, seeing feet grosses me out. Um, I've seen you suck toes before. No. You yeah, can confirm. I have you seen you do that. That's getting cut. Asterisks to this conversation. <laughs> you and Rex Ryan. That one time in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, feet are a big no for me. Yes. And now that you're saying five minutes with a tiger, you know, I'm just going to try to get in that cage and just not provoke the tiger and hope it's just it's just cool with me sitting there for five minutes. If I die, I die. At least I didn't lick peanut butter off a hobo's foot. Joke's on you. I got that tire, tiger riled up. I was its corner man. And no, I dangled no, meat in front of his face. So, I'm just going to try to... Uh, just, you know, be super quiet in that cage. I leathered, leathered you up in beef spray, so it's going for you. <laughs> um, I'll hop in for mine. I only had one thought to try to justify the tiger in a uh, – Alex told me, I believe. Or I, I read it. I heard a story. You, you also told me. Alex read Matthew McConaughey's book called Green Lights. Not a, not a sponsor. Good book. Um, and he told a story of doing heavy drugs in Mexico once and going into like a cage oh. with a lion, I believe. And he said on drugs, his like frequency, this is the most Matthew McConaughey story now that I say it a lot. His frequency on the drugs like allowed it to relate to the tiger or lion and it like 
it, the lion was more curious about him. And he went into the cage and like sat with the lion for several hours, and the lion just kind of like laid next to him. Yep. Um, That's me with this. So tire. unless you can do that, you have to lick the foot. It's as simple as it can be. You lick the foot because you're going to die. You will die in the cage with the no, tire. No, Grant, you told me that you can beat a bear one-on-one. No, first of all, I've never said a bear. What was the animal? Uh, panther. Panther. If you panther. can win one-on-one with a panther, then you can win one-on-one with a tiger. No, tigers are bigger jungle cats. No, Everyone you can do your that. same technique. It would work. And panther was in the middle of the daylight because at night I'm toast because that's where they thrive. <laughs> all right, so you're licking peanut butter off a hobo's foot. Enjoy yeah. the herpes. No, well, absolutely, I am. Hopefully it's not. And then, uh, hopefully it's creamy. And if we're gonna do it. I'm right with Grant. I'm right with Grant. Uh, right uh, you know, peanut butter is a top five food, and <laughs> did you know the no, fungus no on that, that guy's feet? No other comment after that. Warts. What if fungus. He's, what if he's like a, a river hobo and just got out of the creek? Like it couldn't be. It could yeah. not be terrible. He probably he's doesn't a have new hobo and just got lost his house. <laughs> he like he, yes. he yes. probably doesn't have shoes, dude. His, his feet are just. Callous, warty, fungus. So are mine. Black, like dirt, shoe. Disgusting feet. You don't you're going to put that. You don't think a hobo You guys are going to have foot to mouth. You're going to have foot to mouth. What does that mean? You remember that in like third grade? Kids would get foot to mouth? No. It's like, what? You don't remember that? <laughs> no. Sounds like a sex position. <laughs> oh. oh. Foot and mouth disease? You talking about that? Foot and mouth? Foot to mouth? Foot and mouth disease. Yes. A mild contagious viral infection common in young children that causes sores in your mouth and rash on your hands and feet. What do you get from? Just touching touch, feet in your you mouth. Touch your foot and then you touch your mouth. Hand foot and mouth disease. I bet it's curable. Guess what? Being killed by a tiger is not. You're dead. It is very <laughs> contagious. Uh yeah, but I'm gonna be Zen with the, the tiger. We're going to be, like, hanging out, chill, Would, and then probably nah, my pet at the end. If we're being honest, when Michigan loses by 30 to Ohio State, I might opt in with the Tiger. I might just get it over with. <laughs> All right, question two. Question two. Now, this is a good, a juicy one. Would you rather, because this is kind of, you know, it'll hit the Wait. Oh. Wait before you guys answer this question. Yes. Who is a better team? Or what team would you rather be? Ohio State? Or would you rather be LSU? This year? Sure. Ohio State this year. No, you have to say in the last five years. No, no. Would you rather be Ohio State or LSU right now? Um, Ohio State. Ohio State. Okay. Now you can ask the question. Oh. Well, no. <laughs> okay. See now you can ask the question. Evan just... Put me in a pretzel now. Now my brain's fried. Because now this is. Did not- you ask the question yet? Ask the question. I will give you a bunch of reasons why you're picking with me. Okay. Well, I know what I'm picking. The question I is. I will be swayed. No, you're not. But you have to think of it as. You don't even know what I'm picking. For Michigan State. I know Michigan. what you're picking. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Would you rather win a championship this year in football, either Michigan or Michigan State, and go under 500 for the next 10 years? Or be a top five team for the next five years, but never win a championship. National championship? Because you yes. are definitely winning the Big Ten. If you're national. Because the first championship is national, so the second one has to be national. Okay. National. Evan, you go first. Okay. Wait, what you, you I mean, give you rather my reason. win? I have an answer. Oh. I'm going to give you my reason, and I'm well, you guys can give your reasons, and I'm going to give you a bunch of reasons why you're sticking to my side. Evan, I'm, I'm, picking, 
top five. That's what I was picking. The next five years. I was going to pick that. You thought okay. I was going to pick okay. the other one. Yes. Grant's going to pick the other one. Consistency is key in, in, in programs, in running programs. Consistency is key. No. Grant's the guy you're going to have to convince. It's the national championship, he's, and it's not even close. He's going championship. It's I, we've not had this conversation. even close. What's the point? Okay, I'll, get, I'll, I'll, get, I'll give you three examples. Now, one team that I'm going to name. Actually, no. I have four examples, actually. Do it. Okay. One team didn't win the national championship, but they made there. Oregon. Doesn't count. They have to win it. First order of evidence okay, thrown out. <laughs> okay, fine. Auburn. Gene Chizik, what happened to him after that? Fired. But that, that one championship. Fired three years later. Okay, okay. Florida State, what happened to him? And A&M now. And he cheated scandal. He got out of there before stuff hit the fan. LSU. What is currently happening to LSU's coach? Their coach likes to have sex. He got lost in the sauce. <laughs> Rumored. Um, consistency is key, and winning an extra championship doesn't mask everything because now you're holding to a higher standard. And I would rather be Ohio State every single year and then be one of these programs that has to rebuild right away. Okay. Well, being in the top five is fun. Year in and year out, it is you're fun. Always, you're always going to be in a chance to win a national championship. You just don't know that you're going to lose every time. No, you are. In this thing, you are. Never win. You never win. Yeah. This, you will have Evan, a miserable wait, 10 years. Evan, Ohio State. Look at Texas. Ohio miserable. Ohio State is easy to say because they won with Zeke. Like, they won. If they hadn't won, a lot of Ohio State fans would be a little upset. They'd be like, when are we ever going to do it? Do you know how miserable it is? Do you know how? Well, we don't know how sweet it is a win championship. I have to imagine it'd be one of the better days of our lives. And I'm okay. What about what about Oklahoma? I think it would be fun to be an Oklahoma fan. Yeah, I agree. No, they don't. They're they're always kind of that like they're, they're like Heisman Trophy they're winners, sweet, but they're also like look at how many times look how many but, times they made it to the Big Twelve championship. They're like they're like the joke of the playoff. Like oh, Oklahoma's just gonna get blown out again. Like they're they're always like they're like the joke of the top team. Hand up. I don't want to be that. I've been blown out in the playoff. It's not as bad as people think. Winning the Big Ten five years in a row would be sweet. Going to Indy Billy's. with my friends and winning the Big Ten championship would be cool. It's the championship, dude. You, I, Going I to the Rose Bowl, you, if, so, not, if we're not in the playoff, maybe winning a Rose Bowl, that'd be cool. Because the 10 years only takes you to 34. You guys can make fun of me eight years later, but your team sucks again. It's like, yeah, well, that one that one year in 2021 was awesome. I'm still Dude, you're, you're going to have no reason to watch your team for 10 effing years in a row. That's okay. I'll hold on to that championship. That would be miserable. I can go 10 years without it. I'd probably be healthy. Just look at the championship. When we went to the playoff and then went 3-9 and nine and 7-5 and five and 7-5 and 7-5, and five, it was miserable. Do you didn't win the title, though. Maybe you'd feel differently. Well, Grant, Grant is going to be that fan that's going to get an exact replica of the National Championship trophy and just put it in his living room and just stare at it nonstop. I don't, Every Saturday, <laughs> he's going to stare at it and be like, you know what? Look at that. It's not that bad. <laughs> not that far, but... Well, you can best believe every every loss they have in these next 10 years. I'm just going to go to YouTube and watch the National Championship game full game. Just, like, relive it. You right have now. nothing to root for the whole season, for every football. season, for, for college 10 football. 
years for college football. You won't even be a college football fan by year eleven. No, I'll enjoy the sport. It's just my team stinks, but that's the price I had to pay. We to get talk one. about this all the time with but our pro teams. These two teams in college may never win in our lifetime. I'd love to guaranteed lock that in and just take it. Just give me it. I want it all. I want the full off season of an FU tour of middle fingers all the haters. I want it. Yeah, your FU tour is going to get hilarious after five years when you're like the doormat of the Big Ten. But then you're like the worst. Team in the whole conference. But then it's ah. Rutgers is still the But then it rolls off my back. I don't care. Five hundred, Evan, and not all making I a need. bowl game for ten years. You are like the worst team in the Big Ten. All I need is one. That's all I want. It's. I'm not even asking for much. I'm asking for misery for the majority. I just want one. Well, you can enjoy that shitty ten years of your life. I will. It will be awful. I don't care. You'll I hate it. it. It's fine. It's super fine. Oh my god. And now. It's, it's a good answer because it's my answer. It's from my heart. Now, it's more for a game this week, uh, let's, do the, let's, let's do the baby one first. Michigan at, at Maryland. Did you see yours? That's what I'm looking at. Oh, Michigan at Maryland, minus 14.5 right now, over under 56.5, 330. The Big Ten Network. Woohoo! Uh, I don't really plan on watching this game. Be dead honest. I saw what I needed to see from Maryland. What are you gonna do? I don't know. I just you're gonna watch the game. Why would you lie? To might me? be in East Lansing next weekend. Might be drunk. Might be Ooh. might be celebrating a big Michigan State win on campus with the folks. Um, I don't really no, I, actually, not these folks. I, I simply I, I I might watch this game. I'll tune in on my phone. I don't care to watch this game. That's this is my honest thoughts. I kind of need a week off and just prepare myself mentally for Ohio State week. Um, so I'll say this. I have no keys to the game. Get everyone as healthy as you possibly can. Uh, I have a simple question. How many intentional groundings will Talia have in this game if he had three against Michigan State? Two. Five. High five. Five. I could see Michigan right at seven against Penn State. Michigan might have nine sacks. They might push for double-digit team sacks. Based on what I saw from him scrambling in the pocket, I don't know how Talia is going to survive this game. You don't game. think he maybe just tuck him after watching on film, him throwing it to no one and getting three penalties last week? Maybe, well, maybe intentionals if you last, but there's going to be a, a lot of sacks in this game from what I saw from the line. And uh, this is one good thing for Michigan. It's a good test, I would say, of a team that wants to air it out because you have to be ready for that type of offense against Ohio State. And Penn State is not that. Penn State is like opposite of what Penn, Ohio State can be. They're just like... One-dimensional one passing, but they're bad at passing. So this is at least a good test of a competent quarterback in the Big Ten, I would say, in some place, to get ready for Ohio State. That's all. I mean, they're not going to be able to stop the run. I, if this – fire Harbaugh if they lose this game. So that's about that. Yeah, I have nothing to say about it. Snooze. Any sky reports you guys picked right up? I mean, you watched them play last week. I don't um, Maryland throws the ball pretty well. Maybe they'll try to attack Michigan's corners. They're not going to be able to win the game, um, so it is not worth watching. You know, unless uh, Maryland comes out and learns how to run the football and uh, learns how to play defense. That'd be huge for them. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think Penn, not Penn State. Sorry, James Franklin's bad coach. He's wrapped up in my head right now. Uh, Maryland is like 0-9, I mean 0-10 now versus ranked opponents against the spread. Ooh. Um Add another team to it, they're going to lose again. It's going to be a bloodbath. Um, as long as Michigan like shows up and ready to play, they're not looking forward to Ohio State. They do have to travel to Maryland. Kind of annoying. That is super um, annoying. There will be no fans there. I'm expecting more Michigan fans to be there than Maryland fans. 
Um, probably be bloodbath. I would say a lot like the Michigan State game. Maryland probably score some garbage touchdown against the backups. Um, must win game though, because if you lose this game, your entire season's just over with. It doesn't even matter. Anymore. Fire everyone upon loss. Michigan wins 42-14. I see this game going 42. That feels good. I'll go, f- I'll go a little bit less because I always feel like I get too happy with their points. They don't, they're not crazy offense. I'd go 38-10. 38-10 feels good. Did I take it, Evan? Come on, Grant. That's unbelievable. Come on. Fine, I'll go 35. 35-2. Mm, Thirty-five twelve. Oh, wow, score I'll go even crazier. I think there's going to be an offensive touchdown, defensive touchdown, special teams touchdown by Michigan in this game. It just feels like one of those Big Ten weeks. So, is Traburro playing for him? <laughs> no, we might borrow Jade Reed to return putts. All right. <laughs> Holy cow! All right. Michigan State <laughs> plays Ohio State. Speaking of playoff implications. You want to game of the year. Do you want to read that spread or do you want me to read that? Michigan State is currently, according to Grant, FanDuel. According to FanDuel, not a free ad. Ooh, 18 a little bit higher than and a half Grant. point underdog at Ohio State, noon on ABC. The over-under for this game is 67 and a half points. Evan, who are the it's announcers? A big, it's a Big 12 bonanza shootout. The announcers will be Kirk Herbst. Yeah. And Chris Fowler. Yep. The big boys. That's the first time you guys have had this year. Yes. Bad. We have not played any ESPN night games. That feels good. But I guess this is a new game. No, but it feels good to have but the But game of the week, game of the year so far. You know, in terms of implications. It's got yeah. Be. I don't know what else would be. I mean, Georgia Clemson, but that's stunk. Yeah, no, that was uh, the first game of the season. That doesn't count. Well, now you're looking at it. Like, Michigan State-Michigan game had more implications. No, I mean, this is, like, for the East, basically. I mean, next weekend's going to be for the East, too. Right. This is for the East if Michigan State wins. And then uh, if they don't, next week is for the East again for Ohio State. Ohio State has two uh, difficult Well, don't over the Penn State like that. But anyways. Well, we saw them in their coaching ability, and it's at home. They're still a good team. Um, no, they're an average team. I'm sorry. I said they're average. They're uh, average. What is up with this line? What's the deal here? Let's just start there. When I saw this, my jaw hit the floor. Why is this 18 and a half? This is like the same spread as like Purdue basically was. And like I said, Maryland is um, favored. Michigan's favored by less against Maryland than Ohio State is against the number going to be like seven, six team in the country. This is I mean, crazy. Nebraska had a better line. This is crazy. This is crazy. Yeah, Nebraska. This is crazy. Still. What's going on? Uh, Vegas is looking at the defensive stats for Michigan State, and they think that Ohio State's going to put up 67 and a half points. Ah, Alex, you want some stats to back up that this is, could be a shootout. Yeah, I would love them. Yeah. But okay, let's just go. say uh, Mel Tucker said today that the word shootout makes him want to vomit. Uh, he was talking about NHL hockey, and he uh, <laughs> purchased the more three-on-three pace of play. Yep. Mel said he also does not know what trap games are leading into Purdue. Oh, chop. He didn't say chop, that. Keep chopping. He keep didn't chop. say there wouldn't be a shootout. He said if it gets to that point, we can do that. Well, he okay. just doesn't. Kind of messed up with promoting gun violence. Going back to Grant's question, 19-point spread. You I think you're looking that. at it. Ohio State is covered in almost every single game besides the Oregon and Penn State game. Nebraska, but that was on the road. Asterisk there. Um, they play well at home. 
Sort of. Um, they did lose they a game well at home. They did lose a game at home. Okay, but Ohio State has been a better team since they lost to Oregon. I test. They're one of the top teams in the country. Um, you're in and you're out, and uh, it's not going to change. Just fart. Ohio State knows what's on the line. Ryan Day knows what's on the line. 19 point spread, maybe a little bit high, but I'm not shocked. It's crazy this isn't within two touchdowns. It's not shocking. It is. It's uh, super. I would take Michigan State to cover. You what? I would take Michigan State to cover. Yeah. <gasps> it's shocking. It's disrespectful and it's shocking. It is disrespectful and, uh, you know. And let me just say, okay, Alex, you're going for my stats buffet. Go ahead, Rick. No, you go. I have, we, have, we have two stats buffet. We got, I think, I'm the Golden Corral to your uh, Vegas buffet. I don't know. I, I have some. Oh. Have some. Okay, here we go. Total defensive, total defense ranking. This is on NCAAcollegefootball.com. Good website. NCAA for stats. stats football. Completely just rankings, MSU versus Michigan State. Total defense, Michigan State's 111th. Out of State's 55th. Wait, out of, a, out of 130. Yeah. Out of 130 teams. 111, breaking news, not very good. That's really bad. Sheesh. Um, third down offensive stats. Ohio State is third in the country on offense efficiency on third down. Michigan State is 77th. I'm getting uh, off the field. Now we start changing the tides. Okay. Now we're more of a balanced team. Third down defense. Uh, Michigan State's actually 86th, and Ohio State's 94th. Okay. Oh, we're better. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, penalty yards per game. This could it matters in big game. Penalties matter in big game. Agreed. Needs to get cleaned up. Ohio State's 98th. However, Michigan State is 119th. Is that the, for the good or the bad? That is the bad. That means we are, are we're averaging over 70 points. Those damn punt formations. We're a highly penalized team. We knew that Rutgers game is going to hurt us. Um, now here's a stat that might <laughs> blow your mind. <laughs> Now here's a guy. I, I, I'm saying it, I already I already clicked onto like the third page of the 130 teams. Couldn't find us. I say what is wrong. So team passing defense efficiency. 130. Ohio State. Ohio State is 54th. Michigan State is 56th. Well, that's pretty good. Now I don't know what they do for the defensive pass efficiency, but we're 56th and we're only right behind Ohio State. I do know that Michigan State faces the most passes in the country by a long shot. Too. So that means we're highly efficient with you all this. You see a lot. Offensive passion efficiency. Okay. Ohio State is third again. Okay. Their top five offense. However, Michigan State is 15th in the country. Pretty good. These teams are comparable in some aspects, and there's only one difference, and it's the passing defense for Michigan State. There's inflated stats there. Um, we're getting into the keys of the game, but I just wanted to – I started looking up the stats – this started seeing a lot more stats today, and they're not too far off. I gotta be careful with this segment because anyone that listens, like, oh, Grant's just discrediting Ohio State like a silly Michigan fan. Doesn't he learn from the last fourteen or so years? It's been. I understand Ohio State's good. I understand they've looked better than both of these schools. I'm still gonna plant my flag and say they're not the elite Ohio State teams that we've seen in the past. And if I get embarrassed, then. Whatever, but I can go to my grave knowing that Justin Fields is a better quarterback than C.J. Stroud, especially in college. 
So I'm going to hang my head on that. And we, we have an Ohio State source. The defense is not all-time defense for them. They do have an amazing running back. I wanted to spell because I'm the the lazy view is just to look at the Purdue games and be like, oh, Ohio State just did that to Purdue. I mean, aren't they going to do that to Michigan State? Michigan State lost to Purdue. Well, no. Listen, Purdue started with the ball. They had a 16-yard punt. I kid you not, it was one of the worst punts I've ever seen. It did not get blocked. He kicked it into the air. Ohio State started with the ball on Purdue's, like, 35-yard line going in to start the game, okay? And they scored because they're not stupid, okay? Then Purdue marches down the field and scores. So 7-7. Answer, there's life. We have a game in Columbus. Guess what Purdue does? They fumble the handoff exchange. Ohio State falls on it. They score the next play on like a 50-yard run or something like that. Okay? And then they stop them. So then it gets 28-7. to So, yes, it did get bad. But then get this. 28-7, to can Purdue answer? No, they fumbled the kickoff return at the 10, and Ohio State jumped on it. And then the doors are blown off. It's 35-7. to That so, is not the Purdue team. Michigan so, like, played. Purdue just peed down their legs at the horseshoe and did not play – any sort of discipline football, I mean, they moved it down the field 7-7, and they fumble an exchange, and they fumble a kickoff return. Would Ohio State have won the game? Yes. But, like, don't look at that score and be like, it just got away fast, and that's what will happen. And so I have overall four keys to the game, but they kind of all work together. First of all is running the football. That's going to be the biggest key by far in this game. Now, Ohio State, stat buffet, you're ready for it. Running When it comes to running the football, similar to what I told you about Maryland. So, Ohio State. You see the scores, you're like, okay, their run defense has been solid. But guess what? Against four teams, it wasn't so solid. And those four teams were Oregon ran for 269 yards on Ohio State. Minnesota ran for 203 yards against Ohio State, again, early in the season. Nebraska still ran for 113. And Rutgers ran for 111. Now, like 111 and 113 aren't crazy, but you're telling me that Kenneth Walker can't figure it out for, I don't know, maybe 150 yards around his average. That will keep Michigan State in this football game. Everyone else Ohio State's played, they've kept under 100, but those teams can't run the ball. You're talking about Penn State, who stinks at running. You're talking about Maryland. You're talking about Indiana. Those teams can't run the football. Tulsa, Akron, they're not cracking 100 on Ohio State. Against four teams that like to run the football, they gave up over 100. So there's hope. Now is this. Their closest game of the year that they won, Penn State, who we know is not a great team, not even a good team. They're an average team. They forced three turnovers versus Penn State. So you think, hey, Michigan State, if you can protect the ball – They only won by nine against Penn State, and Penn State had chances to win. Don't turn over the ball. You have a chance to win. Now, also, here's some hope. This might be the most hope for you guys in the passing defense. Ohio State threw for 484 yards against Oregon and still lost the game. They threw for 405 yards against Nebraska and only won by nine. The key to stopping and keeping in the game with Ohio State is your rush defense. Okay? Ohio State had 164 rushing yards, 128, and 90 rushing yards in their three closest games this year. So in my mind, if they can, if Michigan State's defense can keep Ohio State under around 150 yards rushing, they'll have a chance in this game. Because even if they throw to death, Michigan State still has chances against Purdue and they give up a bunch of passing yards. If you can stop the run game, you have a chance. And if you can run the ball, you have a chance. Shrink the game. And like I, I wrote down here, no turnovers early, especially early is the key. If you make a turnover late trying to come back, that'll be the nail in the coffin. But you can't turn it over early because if they jump on you like they did against Purdue, it kisses it goodbye. You're not going to win a track meet coming back most likely because they're not going to piss down their leg like Michigan did at, at the woodshed. Okay? And then this is the last key. This might be a little sweaty. I always think in big games like this, you have to win what I like to call the halftime exchange where like if Michigan State's driving with three minutes left in the half and they get the ball to start the half – 
They need to like milk it in a way where Ohio they score and Ohio State can't go back and score. That way you get that possession, then you get the ball, and then you have a chance to score again, and then you get a lead. And then if you get like a seven, ten point lead, you have a chance to ride this game out and shrink the game and be in it at the end. That's my key to analysis. Go run through a brick wall, guys. You know, I I felt pretty good after you said all that. That's a lie. <laughs> Uh, one thing I want to say, I uh, saw a lot, you know, and Aiden O'Connell shredded Michigan State, right? Right. He went 40 of 52 for almost 400 yards and four touchdowns against Ohio State. So is Ohio State's pass defense that good either? I'm not sure. No. Um, Quick answer, no. Keys to the game for me would be uh, similar to what Grant says. You got to run the ball with uh, the best player in the country. Uh, milk clock, you know, limit possessions for Ohio State. They're usually when Ohio State scores, it's pretty fast. And uh, so another key would be when Ohio State gets into the red zone, Michigan State needs to play like it has all season other than the Purdue game where they force field goals. Ohio State scores touchdowns at an alarmingly high rate in the red zone. <laughs> so it's going to be tough, but if the defense can really buckle down in the red zone for some field goals, I think that really, really would contribute to some success for Michigan State. And then lastly, key uh, is Peyton Thorpe and efficiency and cannot turn the ball over. Can You just have to protect the ball. Um, I think you're going to have open receivers throughout the game. I think Jaden Reed could really have a big game. And uh, as long as Thorne is uh, on his on his game, play similar to the Maryland game, I do think this game could be pretty close. And I, I don't think that uh, just like looking at the line, I don't think Vegas is that accurate. It could end up that way, obviously. But um, starting fast for Michigan State is probably the most important thing because when Ohio State gets up early, you're, like Grant said, you're not coming back in a track meet down a bunch to Ohio State. So starting fast is extremely crucial. Seven nothing because Michigan State seems to start with the ball every game. They need to score on the first drive. Jay Johnson, I'm talking to you. Nice script. We need a nice script. Maybe a throwback screen. Maybe maybe we've been saving the playbook, you know, and we're gonna just throw everything from the kitchen sink out on Saturday. And I'm all for it. You don't have to. Just Dan Campbell play. versus the Rams type of stuff. Let's get crazy. Grant doesn't yeah, think we um, have to. Don't. I don't know. I mean, your guys talking points on we can say much more about that because I think the keys to the game are same as what you guys said. Um, some more points or more stats to throw it down your face. Um, just just to, like add insult to injury if you really want it. Um, I was going to say one of these, but I don't think they're accurate. Ohio State's offense is top three in the country in points per game, yards per game, points per play, yards per play, yards per carry, yards per pass, and like I've said, third down conversion. Top three in the country. Yeah, they're blink, blink your eyes and they score. They're highly efficient and quick. And I get that. And I hear you guys. The level of competition is important. But I just, I think I texted in the group is like, you look at Ohio State and you think it's going to be an automatic 40 points against Penn State, 33, Oregon, 28, and Nebraska, 26. So in my mind, three of the better defenses they face, again, we talked about how Michigan State is not going to be in that tier. But they're a quality team, and if they have guys step up, like you guys said, if Crouch comes back and is a big factor in this game and can make some plays, then the biggest thing will be like just not letting Ohio State have those like 
chunk touchdowns? Can you make them go on drives to shrink this game? It's all about shrinking the game. That might be a loser mentality. Like, why can't we go head to head with them? I don't think they can. I don't think like it would work out, especially, I don't know about the health of Naylor. Like he'd be huge to get back for this game. So I just don't see Michigan state winning like a 45, 42 game. I could see him winning like a 38, 35 type game. I know it's not the biggest difference, but it is in my mind. Like, Try to shrink it as much as you can, and I don't think it's – I would not be shocked at all if Michigan State won. I'll say that. I don't know if that makes anyone feel better. I would not be stunned. I'd be like, yep, that's – Ohio State's been gettable, and they got got again. I would not be surprised either. But I'm, I'm always that guy. Best defense is the difference. Because um, you look at points per game, we're averaging 34.5. They're averaging 46.5. Um, points allowed, we're averaging 22. They're averaging 20. Total yards, 450 to 550. Uh, yards passing, 250 to 350. Rushing yards are the exact same, 197. Um, and then it's just yards allowed. We're both averaging, well, we're averaging, uh, giving up 114 on the ground. They're giving up 107. Well, we're giving up 329 through the air while they're only giving up 261. Most of these are comparable. Total, yard, total yards is 443 to 370. So pretty comparable. Want to feel good? It's literally going to come... It's going to come down to execution. This, I'm not saying, I'm not, they're not comparable. Um, but a couple of years ago, the Michigan State team was going into Columbus and had a chance to play better and execute if they just would have executed, and they could not. I think this team is more capable of execution. The Brian Harvey squad. Front runner right now. I think it does help that we are playing at noon. Yes, um, good point. It does. I'm not a time guy. I don't think it matters. It 100% does. It 100% does because when you get a Columbus crowd to prepare a full day and then they come out in a blackout. A blackout at night is a little scary. Michigan State lose, Michigan loses this week. If, last week if Penn State was at night, 100%. Noon saved that game. I agree. It's just so, night crowd I think it different. does matter. It's a little bit at noon. you got to get up. It's just it's so hard. Sean Clifford threw for 361 against this defense. It's Clifford is Sean bad. Clifford is bad. Yep. Peyton Thorne might shred this defense, Evan. I just don't know if Jay Johnson will be able to execute if he allows him to do it. Honestly, Evan, Jay Johnson can this team execute enough? And there's multiple times when we have not been able to execute enough. We've executed enough nine out of ten times. Now, this Ohio is, State will. I think Ohio State will win. This is one of those games, though. Right before we get into predictions, like I think we're going to know after like two possessions of each team if this is going to be a game at all. You'll just be able to tell with your eyes. I would say after a quarter. Give me a quarter. A quarter? If Ohio no, State goes up 14 nothing, the game's over. I'm comfortable half time. Halftime? I think I'll give know. I might know on the first drive. If Kenneth can, if the line's pushing and Kenneth can move, it's going to be a game. If not, then it's not. I'll know within, yeah, two drives. One from each team. I think it'll be that. Just one. One drive from each one team. Drive for each team. There's no way you know after one drive, Alex. If Ohio State scores in five seconds and Michigan State goes three and out, the game is over. And it won't be close. <sighs> Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> It'll feel that way. It'll be like, oh, this is different. <laughs> Vegas was right. Michigan didn't get a first down until the second quarter and they won. Yeah, Penn State, though. This is not Penn State. Penn State, James Franklin, bad coach. Weird things happen in the horseshoe. Um... So, must-win meters and predictions for the game. I'll go first since I'm a Michigan fan. You guys might jump down my throat. You are people are gonna jump. Say must win. You guys are gonna jump down my throat. I'm calling this a must-win for Michigan State. As crazy it might sound, yeah. I know people might be expecting to lose 
or 50-50. But like I've said since the beginning of the season, when Ohio State is not like elite, 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 that's when you have to beat them. You have, And this is one of the better teams Michigan State's had in my lifetime. You have to beat them. Right? You think that? This is one of the best teams Michigan State's had in your lifetime? So, yeah, I would say for sure. It's fourth. Top. Maybe fifth. Top three? Top three, four? Might be fifth. The Rose Bowl team, the playoff team, and this one. No, the team in between the playoff and the Rose Bowl was... The Cotton Bowl team? team? That team lost two games, and those two teams were in the Bro, national championship. I don't know, dude. This team's unbelievable. They have the, one, of the best, one of the best running backs I've ever seen. Defense so, is Swiss Chad. Okay, but that's this is modern football. You don't have to have like the best defense ever to win games. Can't have the worst, though. No. <laughs> You're going to have 111th. There <laughs> uh, it is. So, must win, and... Do I hedge my emotions? Do your overreaction Monday take. Did I say win? You said win by nine. Who would win by nine? Michigan State wins by nine points. That's your overreaction. Drugs, I don't think I texted nine. nine. That's I what I thought I read this morning. Let me check. No, that seems absurd. I don't think so. Nine? So specific. Feels like that's what you said. Wow, we texted a lot today. Oh yeah, MSU wins by nine. Well, that's not happening. I don't know what I thought when I woke up this morning. Just trying to get the group chat off to a hot start. I wow, think I didn't even see that this morning. Eight twenty-one. Let's just say Ohio State wins forty-two to thirty-five. That would feel bad. And it's tight. Michigan State had a chance to drive. I mean, would you rather get blown out or pick by, like pick, late? Pick by Thorne on the game-ending drive. I have said this before. I'd rather get blown out than get my heart ripped out. Ooh. Let's hear the prediction, Evan. I'm going to do something crazy. Uh, I'm expecting to lose. Wow. So lose your mentality. The end of the graphic. I mean, you are the negative guy. That's going to be me for Ohio State. I changed this year, though, so I'm, I can't wait to join you. Yep. I'm picking I'm expecting to lose. Week. My score prediction is gut reaction. 55-17, Evan. That's what you told me all weekend. Dang. You want me to stick with it? Well, don't lie to the people. <laughs> I can't lie to the people because, you know, we gave up 55 points last year and we were horrendous last year. So I shouldn't say that. They don't have Justin Fields. Justin is probably, I mean, he's not as good. but don't, He's not no, even close not. to as good, Evan. Nowhere near. He's him. he's pretty darn good. He doesn't run the he ball. He doesn't make big throws. He just hits open receivers. I don't give a care. I don't give a care. Um, <laughs> the receivers are who you should praise. Yeah. Um, Odell final score is going to be 39 to 37, Ohio State. Odell first play. Wow, that's tight. No, 39-27. 39-27. I apologize. Oh, okay, okay. 39-27, Ohio State. Expecting yep. to lose. Alex? Expecting to lose. Last year, when Peyton Thorne came in the game, after Rocky probably threw two picks right away. You know, he moved the ball well. Jaden Reed got open in space a few times. And that Ohio State team was really good. And this Michigan State team is 500,000 times better than last year's team. Uh, the disadvantage is that you're playing in Columbus. I guess advantage, you know, the time. You guys said the time matters. It does. Um, so my must-win meter is, can I say I think the game is 50-50, but it's a must-win? No. That's not how the graphic works. Can you put me in the middle of the 50-50 and must-win? Sure. Okay. That's where I'd like to be. And then I don't know. You know, I felt 
some weird thing about Michigan State winning 2017 or whatever it was when they went, or 2018, when they went at Ohio State, blackout at night. It looked good for the first quarter. Then they lost by 30. So I'm torn here. I don't want to make that mistake again. So I think Ohio State wins 33-31 on a game-winning field goal. Michigan State's leading by one, and then Ohio State kicks a game-winning field goal to win by two points. And our hearts are ripped out. Michigan gets the Rose Bowl, and we don't. And it's going to be a sad, dark day and this dark evening in the woods when we're hunting. Wow. Yeah, and it's going to be a super depressing drive back Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon. So just so it's spoken into existence because I, I like to hear it. You guys both think that Michigan will be playing for the Big Ten East on Thanksgiving weekend. No, Maryland's going to beat them. Mm, wrong. Michigan will be playing for the Big Ten East on Thanksgiving weekend. That feels really good to hear. And honestly, like I said, I'm cool with you guys, Michigan State being Ohio State, as long as you guys promise to lose to Penn State. I would never promise such a thing. And then if Michigan could pull something out, that'd be that'd be one of the better days. It'd be like a Premier League end of the Grant's two weeks away from getting his prediction right. He did say they would go ten and two. Who? Grant did. Michigan. I did have ten wins the right season for Michigan. And I was I, Grant said they would go I think 10 I said nine for both. Sometimes people just can't understand what they can't see. And sometimes people are dumb like me and get lucky. <laughs> That's what happened. I mean, last year Grant predicted like undefeated, so well, there's no record of that. We didn't have a show back then. I don't think I did. Um, okay, before we end this puppy out, it would have led the show, but no one probably really cares about Butler that much. But Butler plays Michigan State this week, and this is Michigan playing. Gavit Games tip off with Michigan playing Maryland. This is probably the, this is the biggest game of my week. This is my Super Bowl for the year. Um, are you guys nervous for this? Are you nervous for the torture chamber I'm about to put you guys in leading up to this? If if somehow Butler wins, oh my goodness. To be completely honest, I might miss the first half of the game. Your loss. So uh, if that shows my concern level, it's pretty low. I am not nervous for this game. <laughs> I'm not nervous at all. So you guys fully expect a Michigan State dub? Yes. Yes. And if we do lose, I'm going to spin zone it so fast and so hard that it's not going to affect my life that much. Spin zone. I mean, I will sweat this no game one wins out 100% and be screaming at my TV the entire game. But I'm going to be close. It's still football season. The disrespect. I thought you guys were going to be polite about it. I'm telling you this. I would have done it anyways. Butler wins this game. You guys will hear about it every single day That's or so. Every week, at least, for the next year. Every week. It's fine. Uh, if we lose spin zone onto Ohio State, you know, that's where our focus is. That's where Tom Izzo's focus probably is, too. No, he... No, he's a football guy. No, he needs this. Both programs need this. You need these non-conferences for that resume bid. No, we're, we're making and a tournament. We are going to be on the resume bubble. We do need this win. No, we're not going to be on the bubble. We're not a bubble team. We're not an 11 seed. You don't know that yet. We lose to Kansas and the sky is falling, Evan. Come on. You don't know no, that. No, Alex, I'm just going off of the talent that's on our roster right Can now. Can we give AJ Hogarth a shout out? No. Nope. If they beat Butler, I'll say it's something nice if he plays well. But if not, then I'm going to dump on him and the whole team. Well, he's. Been playing pretty good. Butler's coming out. Western Michigan is a bottom five in the match. Let's talk about AJ Hogarth against Kansas. I just need everyone to tune in. Butler, Michigan State, and live along with us. It's going to be be What's your problem with AJ Hogarth? He's not that good. Is it his hair? He doesn't think. No, he's just not that good. No, he's pretty good. 
Mm. Call me when he starts, then. <laughs> you guys, folks, you can follow. <laughs> you guys can follow. Trying to think of someone who didn't start. Uh, at shot. I guess who had twenty-seven points? Draymond Green, sixth man. Tell me he's not good. Jair Bolden, good three-point shooter. Butler, sixth man. No one cares. Well, Foster Butler had twenty-seven. Dude, the disrespect. I, I Thomas Kithier also had a giant double double. Good for him. And I saw Jane Kithier, his mother, getting all over Twitter saying that it's nice that uh, the coaches and his teammates pass him the ball more. Ooh, shots so, across the Shout board. out Luke, who wow. hates her. I now see why you do. Uh, you can follow us at ShoutoutMS on all social platforms, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. TikTok. How to listen, Apple Pods, Spotify, YouTube. Rate and review on all platforms. Um, interact with us however you'd like, ask questions, get in the mix on our rankings, graphics, whatever you'd like. You know, we do our best to respond. Tell Evan his rankings suck if Make you want it to. Interactive for everyone. Um, with all that being I'm a black belt, just so anybody knows. <laughs> with all that being Not true. <laughs> cheers to close out episode 46. And cheers to the Butler Bulldogs shocking the world, shocking this podcast on Wednesday night. Let me just tell you, if Butler wins. On Wednesday, the world won't be watching. Michigan State's not ranked. It's a premier game. That game will go right under the table. No one will notice. <laughs> not on my social media. Spin zone. We're on to Ohio State. Cheers. I don't know. Happy birthday, Mackenzie. Oh, cheers. Lovely cheers. Mackenzie's birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday. That is why I will miss the first half of the game.